Welcome to HACCP Mentor, where it's all about helping you make your food business compliance easier. Sit back and relax as we get our food safety, HACCP and quality compliance on. Welcome to episode 10 of Off the Menu. I'm here with my trusty colleague, Peter Holtman. And today we are going to get into the topic of mentoring. Hi, Pete. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you surviving? I'm doing all right. I didn't win the $50 million lotto last night, so I'm, I'm well. Things so, so you've had to show up and do this podcast today then? Exactly, yeah. This was, this was a, the last ditch resort. Anyway, what we're getting into today, we've been covering all the different levels of uh, mastery as we go through our career as food safety professionals. And we're at our last level, which is becoming a mentor. So would you like to inform me <laughs> and the listeners, what is a mentor? I will. Uh, let me start by saying what it is not first. So it is not a, uh, uh, a counsellor. It's not a psychologist. It's not a therapist, which a lot of people tend to come and try and use that. Uh, use that uh, relationship to do those things. It's not even a coach. And uh, I want to explain quite clearly what the difference between mentoring and coaching is. Coach- yes, I'd like to know that because you've confused me straight up. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Well, let's, let's resolve that right now. So I thought co- I was getting a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> it may end up like that by the end of the session. So <laughs> Just let me lay down. Yeah, yeah, we both might need to book in for this. That's it. Coaching is where you're trying to work on some uh, personal or performance goals and it's the coach's job to ask you questions that you have to answer and explore the answer and trial the solution from there. So that's the flow of the conversation. You talk to the coach, the coach then provides you meaningful questions to either answer there or answer later and then implement that into your personal goals. That's that flow. So that sounds like a mentor to me. How does that differ from being a mentor? Well, let me explain to you. So a mentor is someone who has a high degree of uh, technical capability and competence. So they're in the expert range of uh, competency set And they have a lot of solutions for you. And you would generally rock up to your mentor and you'd be asking them a lot of questions about how do I do this? How do I solve that? What happens when this happens? Do you think I should be doing these things? And the mentor would be giving you solutions. So the conversation might go, I want to be able to improve a process point to uh, get better efficiency out of a machine. Uh, have you got any suggestions for me? And the mentor might say, well, I've seen three different types of machines run on a similar process over time. And by adjusting the machine to these parameters, you'll get a higher throughput and then you'll get greater productivity from that point. Thank you. I'll go and implement that and I'll let you know how it goes. End of mentoring session. Right. So if I go back on this definition of a coach, then you're saying that it's different. Yes. Where I see a coach, I probably think about it in the more traditional like athletics or sport or something like that, where a coach is there to guide you and improve your technique um, through showing you 
this is a better way to do it. So how how does that differ then from what you've just said around being a mentor? Well, that's interesting because business coaches fundamentally started from being sporting coaches as well. And, and there was the mechanics around how to be a, a better uh, sports person through the technique that's being deployed. Well, they quickly came to the realisation was that the mental state is the most effective way of developing a person or athlete to perform better or to outperform competitors. And so in order to do that, you can't tell someone you have to think like this, you have to think like that. So they're leaving them with the question to develop. So um, you're right that business coaches definitely came from the sporting arena and there's lots of texts and books out there that talk to but what they really found was that it's the development of the behavioural attributes and the, and the mental capacity that really made the difference. Okay, so we're saying that really the mentor, and this is this level five of these levels of food safety professional mastery that we were looking at, and it's kind of like the last level. So if that person's really there, see this is the other probably area that I've got confused on is that I thought in this context a mentor is really about passing on your knowledge and experience to those who are not at the same level but also sharing experiences so that other person doesn't have to make the mistakes that you've made and then you can get quicker to whatever the goal is you're trying to achieve. Your, your description of mentoring is very accurate and that's probably is someone who's reached mastery level who has identified problems before you have, who's implemented various solutions and has found the most efficient solution and is prepared to share that with you. So what do you see? I know you've done the mentoring courses. You've become a professional mentor or coach. I've done both. You've done both. Okay. If I was just starting out in the industry, what would be the benefit to me looking to to get a mentor or have somebody mentoring me? So a mentor is someone that helps you identify problem-solving skills and builds your decision-making capabilities. Because as you become more proficient in your job and more competent, you'll be relied upon to make uh, more important decisions and solve far more complex problems. And those two skill sets, not not independently, but they're definitely two really important skill sets that make you stand out amongst other people is you build the confidence in others that see your ability to do those two things and that's solve problems and make decisions. Does a mentor then have to be there in person with you? Is it all around you know, face-to-face contact and having those conversations or is there other ways that you can get that mentoring because I know traditionally you might go along to a, you know, like a one-on-one meeting or something like that and have the mentoring like that. Is there other ways that you can be mentored? Yeah, I don't think it's necessary all of the time to be face-to-face with with the person. And you might have mentors that provide you different outcomes because of their skill sets and their strengths as well. You might want someone that's very technically focused for a certain project and they're mentoring you through the design, development and delivery of a project. That's their skill set. That's what you want them for. And so 
you might meet with them frequently during the design and the setup of the project and might meet with them remotely during the delivery phase. And then your relationship with that mentor will probably finish at that particular point in time. Then you might want someone that is uh, helping you design the strategy for your business going forward. That might be a longer relationship and that might be a different set of conversations that, again, don't necessarily need to happen face-to-face. They can be remote, just like what you and I are doing now. Or it could even be through a series of uh, questions and answers like project-based work that can occur as well. When I started out in business 20 years ago, I joined up to a, like a women in business mentoring group. Yep. And through that organisation, it was run by the state government in New South Wales. And through that, all that arrangement, we had, we would meet every week and there would be like group sessions where they would be using teaching or facilitation as a, as a way of giving you more information on how to start a business. And then I was assigned one individual lady who became my individual mentor, who then I could talk to about if I was having problems and what I didn't understand. And her role was really helping clarify around my business goals and and starting my business and all of that type of stuff. So there was a real mix of learning in that group situation, the one-on-one, plus also learning off other people within the group. So I found that really useful, especially in those early days. And look, I, I find it interesting and useful even now at this point. We probably don't have it so structured as a mentoring kind of scenario, but you know, I will talk to you about certain things. You know, we've been friends for a long time, but we're still talking about business development and how to make things better in our business. I do the same with other food safety consultants where we have these conversations if we're having an issue or we just need to talk something out with someone else. So it's probably more going around a, that's probably more a mastermind group where you're still using each other's experience to help you deal with a problem or to to get to the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Do you think in that context, it's still viable to consider that to be mentoring? Look, I think so. There's definitely, much like with coaching, there's group sessions and that is relying on the interaction of multiple people to discuss and solve a similar problem or a similar group of problems that you all might be experiencing. And so I think what you're saying is that you would turn up, you'd rock up to a group and you'd sit down and and, uh, um, you might start a conversation saying, oh, you know, I've got this problem with my business at the moment. I can't seem to get more subscribers to, to one of my podcasts. And someone else in the room would pop up and say, yeah, I've got the same thing. And so Together, you're, you're discussing it, you're brainstorming it, you're talking about alternative solutions. And at the end of the day, you, you all may leave with a similar understanding of how to approach the problem, but you won't all necessarily approach it in the same way. So that's a form of mentoring where a problem has been presented and multiple solutions have been given. And when you're working one-to-one with a mentor, your problem sets are usually much narrower and the, con- the content is more uh, focused or discrete. In other words, you're trying to solve a problem at a time versus you know several problems at once. So 
group mentoring is is a great way of collaborating, sharing ideas, but together you're solving problems, and and that's what it's all about. It's it's how do you problem solve uh, and and become better at it, and also communicate problems and solutions as well. So I think that's one of the benefits of mentoring. There is one being a, a better communicator on problem and solution, and also. Uh, teaching you how to appreciate other points of view and other opinions as well in coaching parlance. We call that appreciative inquiry. And that teaches you to open your mind up to, to in a positive manner to other input, even though it might necessarily agree with your own path. You're becoming quite open to other, other opinions. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I see, there are quite a few food safety forums around on the internet where as a food safety professional or if you're just getting started out or even if you are more experienced of any of those other four levels that we've spoken about previously, you can go into these forums and ask questions and get multiple responses back, which is kind of like an informal mentoring, I suppose, to a degree. There's not too much structure around it because it just relies on someone asking a question and then others answering that question. Do you see that type of format? as being uh, fitting into the definition of, of mentoring? Well, uh, it, there's, I guess in that sense, we could, we could relate it back to what we were just talking about in terms of formal and informal approaches to mentoring. What you've just described there, which is I've jumped on a, um, on a chat room for a particular industry group and said, you know, hey, this product doesn't, doesn't come out the end of the machine. What do I do? And you'll get 15 different opinions up there and then 32 haters and then some trolls following you thereafter and then some people trolling the trolls. And before you know it, you've got all of this convoluted content. I'd call that an informal session, but what it doesn't expressly do is deliver you an outcome. You then have to uh, accumulate and synthesize all of the commentary that's there and then still have to make a decision on which solution is going to solve your problem. So that's a much more informal process. And I wouldn't say it's the most effective way. What it might do is uh, provide you a very rapid response with multiple outcomes to, to your problem because a lot of people can't wait for anything these days. So I'd say that's an informal way at getting multiple responses that you still have to synthesize, whereas a formal approach uh, being I guess one to one or one to few. Your issue is being addressed in a in a more considered manner. So, talking about those couple of different delivery mechanisms, mm. what do you think makes a good mentor? Have you ever had a mentor? I have had a mentor, and I've and I've asked people to be mentor for me over the years as well, and I've also had coaches. I've and I've I've paid for the privilege of having a coach as well. Paid quite quite a lot of money actually coaches um, particularly in demand coaches can can attract a, a, a handsome fee but yes I've, I've sought people out to be a mentor over the years and and so what was it about them that I wanted from them the first thing I wanted from them is that they're approachable that they're going to be available and accessible and open to the idea of discussing problems with me that they're not going to be guarded about their information that they hold. So that's really important that these people are um, accessible and available to you and that they're willing to share insights and information with you. That's, that's probably number one and key because it's about trust, right? You're, you're going to someone with 
a problem that you have, no matter what it might be. And that immediately puts you in a, a less powerful position because you're going to someone who has a solution, you have a problem, therefore they control, in essence, the outcome of the conversation. So you're in a less powerful position. So it's about building trust. So that person then has to have enough um, emotional intelligence and humility about them to recognize that that's the power they hold in the conversation and dilute it or disperse it or uh, eliminate it completely from the conversation. So I want someone that is approachable and is humble in how they talk to you as well, not talking down to you, not condescending to you, not showing you how much they know uh, that they're willing to work one-to-one with you. Let me give you an example. I was on a phone call to a funding or to a, to a governance body last night who was representing some very large funders, and we're talking billions here. Where I was help, I'm helping someone at the moment achieve multiple billion dollar funding for a project in uh, in Africa. We have to go through this governance peak body who has to approve our project in order to get access to the funder and the money. This person, rather than problem solving, our prospectus that we put through spent three and a half hours lecturing us on why we aren't meeting the cut and how much that person knew. So that's useless. That's not a mentoring session in any way, shape or form. That's someone talking at you, not talking with you. So a good mentor can listen, can share information and can be sympathetic or sensitive to your particular situation and be accessible for you when you need them. That's a good mentor. So we're starting to now build on all of those other personal attributes that we've come across or that we've developed through those other four levels, we're starting to be, like I say, a lot more aware, a lot more sympathetic, empathetic. Empathetic, yeah. Um, Communication is still key, as you've said before. So it's good to see now that we're going through these levels, we are building more and more attributes that really we wouldn't have had at that the beginner level or the advanced beginner or even at that expert level. Yeah, that's right. And it's, uh, as I said before, um, how coaching had evolved from just the, um, the mechanical process of playing sport to the mental process of playing sport as people became uh, acutely aware how important it is to synchronize with another person's uh, mental state and how to build a more positive mental state. The same thing with mentoring. You need to be acutely aware of what the mental state is of the person that's coming to you. Are they Uh, exasperated that they can't solve the problem? Are they depressed? Are they angry about it? Are they positive? Are they actively looking forward to the session? And then how do you recognize that and use that to give a really good outcome from a a mentoring session with somebody, which is leave them feeling uh, engaged, positive, energized, and uh, and, um, focused on solving a problem? So now we're starting to get into a little bit of psychology, Peter. And I don't want to have to get my Medicare card out because <laughs> that's what it sounds like. The end of it, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's got some therapy going on. So if somebody wants to become a mentor, how would they go about that process? Because currently I'm a mentor as part of the Australian Institute of Food Science Technology Group. Yep. So I have a mentee at the moment and it's it's quite a structured program. We have certain things that we go through in each of our sessions that's already been pre-established. It's a set amount of time for the entire program. 
so it's not dragging out for two years or, or whatever. So it is a set program. Yep. So for me, that's I found I I have found that quite beneficial as a mentor to have that structure around. Okay, this is what we're going to achieve in each of the sessions. Well, you're but, a structured person, Amanda. I am very structured, yes. <laughs> but for other people who internationally, what is the best way for them to get into becoming a mentor? Sure. So I know of uh, a number of different online courses that people could take to become aware of what mentoring is. And as you said, you're part of uh, an institute that offers mentoring. That would be another way of, of accessing uh, a mentor. Uh, credentialing process and that would have certain requirements that they want you to meet. It would usually be number of years of experience, um, a professional conduct or a code of conduct that you need to follow, including confidentiality. And uh, then they'd want to understand some of your own experiences around being uh, a mentor or being mentored previously as well. So I think that a way to start to check are you uh, are going to be a good mentor? Is probably look to your um, your personal qualities, and there's plenty of behavioural or, or attribute or personality assessments out there that can can help you with that. I definitely offer a number of tools that, that work in that space. Uh, maybe so we'll, we'll put a link to those in the transcript to this podcast. Yep, as well. Yep, so uh, definitely on the personal attribute side of things. And then it's probably about uh, you being able to recognise where your experiences are and where is your greatest strength in those experiences. So what do you know more about and what are you capable of delivering to somebody? Because an institute, when you went through the institute, did they pick you out for a particular type of mentee and a particular track of mentoring? Is that how it worked for you? Uh, I'm not sure if we were like matched per se. I think it was just a matter of we need ex-mentors, we've got ex-mentees and we were just put together like that. I suppose from a from a track perspective, there wasn't anything around, okay, well, I've got ex-experience, say, in the dairy industry, so I'm going to have somebody, a mentee in the dairy industry. The person who I have as my mentee at the moment the first goal was to get a job post-qualification or post-university. Happy to say that he started a new job last week. Yeah. So hopefully that's all going fine. We definitely have a structured thing, as I said before, that we, we meet every two weeks and we yeah. we jump on a Zoom and because sure. we are in different locations. It is quite structured. But yeah. as far as I know, there was no DNA matching type thing going on. There might be something behind the scenes that you're not aware of, but they generally like to match mentors and mentees based on um, it, it could be uh, some sort of demographic. It could be based on your gender. It could be based on your years experience. It could be based on your industry experience or all of the above. There's there's usually some matching uh, regime that happens in the background and then well, right, you, you're best suited with these people. When I had... When I did that women in business mentoring course, uh, well, that program, I was matched obviously with somebody who lived in my location. Yep, yep. Um, and it was definitely a, a woman because a, you need a woman to understand what a woman goes through. But in saying that, we still had males come in and give their perspective on certain things when we were 
but that was probably more about, let's call it the free range learning of how to do X, Y, Z, as opposed to that one-on-one mentoring. So free range chicken style, is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, just one pecking. to paddock and and uh, peck at <laughs> the uh, the grass. Peck, peck, peck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I was definitely matched in that scenario. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's a common practice to to match mentors and mentees to to ensure that the best outcome is is achieved. Okay, so that probably wraps up what we needed to talk about mentoring. So if you are interested in learning more about being a mentor, we're going to have links in the bottom at the bottom of this podcast on the Hazard Mentor website. Also, if you are interested in becoming a, a mentee. We'll also list a few different organisations there that you can check out and see if you can join their mentoring programs. If you feel that you want something a little bit more formal outside of the free range learning stuff and group forums. So Hassett Mentor is putting together a new group forum style access on the website. There will be specialised groups in which to really focus, as Pete said, we want to try and achieve an outcome specific to a particular problem. So it won't be just random, be quite directed. So if you're interested in that, check that out on the website as well. Well, that sounds exciting. It's very exciting, Peter. Very exciting. Well, you are a master in your area, so why not start sharing that? Well, I have been doing that for a while through Hazard Mentor, but not in a formal manner. It's been more through sharing, through blog posts and training and things like that. So to wrap it up, your last thoughts on mentoring, Pete? Go get one. You want to expand a bit more? (laughs) Go get one today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think mentoring is a really useful uh, tool for anyone who's trying to develop their their career path. Um, It can help accelerate your career path by teaching you new ways of thinking around problems and helping you make decisions and being aware of how your actions impact others. And those three, those three areas are what make you stand out in the crowd when managers are seeking people to promote, to place into new roles, to provide new challenges. And I think a lot of people like that as uh, challenges for their own career path and their own personal development anyway. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a worthy pursuit to find yourself a mentor. Okay. Well, thank you very much again, Peter. That's been episode 10 of Off the Menu and we will join you in the next one. Will do. See you then. You've been listening to HACCP Mentor. For all your food business, HACCP, quality and food safety compliance tools, check out our website at www.hacipmentor.com. You can also find all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes to this episode.